Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing What If Season 2, Episode 6. What if Kahori, who, reshaped the world? All that and more of this that we have some amount of control over. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here, and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And with us today, again, we have Jay Scotty St. Clair from Animation Deliberation and Multiverse News. What is going on, Jay Scotty? Salutations. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, man. It looked like you put your hands up to be like, please, please, <laughs> cut the applause. No right. autographs. Calm <laughs> it down, everybody. Sit. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> um, well, uh, so uh, you're, you're our... You're our guest here today, Jay Scotty. What did you think of this episode? What if Kahori reshaped the world? Okay. So as we've been playing catch up and talking about being a few episodes ahead this entire time, the last time we cast, you kind of set my expectations for episode six and you you did so with some reservations. You didn't want to, you know, lead me astray or overhype me. And all I gotta say is you certainly did not. This season has just really started to like blossom and come into its own, and this was a standout entry for me. Like, what an incredible swing for the fences! Like on paper, what a risky move for Marvel. Like they have so many characters within the Marvel Cinematic Universe that they could revisit or spend more time with. Not to mention the comics that there are so many characters that haven't been touched, but to choose to create their own character and present this character. Uh, it just works so well for me. What a fantastic introduction to such a wonderful character and, and everything you said about it, the themes, the visuals, so much imagination on display and such an important character uh, that is instantly endearing. And I, I just had such a good time with this episode, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, this yeah. this episode made all of my heart swell just constantly, mm. just the whole time. Yeah, and like Matt texted me uh, yesterday when I was like, oh, I don't have time to podcast tonight. Uh, I'm gonna watch six as soon as I can. He was like, all he said was six is fucking great, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like I, I I watched I watched the Iron Man one. I was a little put off by it. like his pacing was off. Mm. The Captain Carter fi- uh, fighting Hydra Stomper was like a little better. Like okay. You know, I'll take that with a grain of salt. But then after watching it, I was like, holy crap, why did I wait? I <laughs> needed to watch this at midnight. This was so good. Mm-hmm. It really is. I, 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 you guys have said it all. Um, and, and now we're going to continue to talk for another 15 minutes. But I, I, <laughs> as it, we do, your move, holy man. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> 
It is a just beautiful piece of work, completely original, uh, nothing we've like this we've ever seen from this time period or like it, you know, it reminded me a lot of um you know, uh like a Black Panther just going sure. to a totally different world and like seeing what you know, Black Panther is a wish fulfillment uh fantasy of what if there was an African nation that was able to overcome the sort of westernization and like colonialism and everything. And this is the beginnings of that story for a native American tribe. And I think that is so cool and like setting it in the multiverse and giving it this chance to like, what if they do spend the, and I'm, I'm really curious. Um, and now we know at the end of this episode um, that Kohori and her people go across the, the, the oceans to, to, uh, you know, attack the queen directly, or at least to attack uh, is a strong word. Attack is a strong word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, they put their foot down. They showed up to be like, yes. stop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. stop it. Reprimand a jerk. is a better word. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, is that, does some of this stuff in this universe set off what we is this the same universe as 1602 Avengers is kind of what I'm wondering I, or is yeah, it a different I think universe that's the, the question and I was like asking myself what time like what time are they going to give us any indication as to what time this is and my best guess is going to be like late 1400s based on the fact that I believe that was supposed to be Queen Isabella of Spain uh, we it see was. conquistadors uh, it's the Mohawk Nation, which, uh, you know, credit to the the creators for, you know, having consultants that are members of the Mohawk Nation, like as uh, part of the creative team here. So, yeah, my best guess has to be um, late 1400s, which leads us into the 1500s, which sets, uh, sets her up to appear in 1602 if she does retain like that immortality that she seemed to have, have gotten yeah. from Skyworld. Right. And would if... And it would set up a world where, like, these European powers might try to, like, form some sort of Avengers. And it has me wondering if Kohori and her people might be, like, end up on the opposite side of the battlefield from the 1602 Avengers or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if if that's the world they're setting up. But I don't know. This could be that this world with this, this queen is a totally separate world and Kohori will be pulled into the battle in some other way. Um, yeah, I, I'm really curious about where it's going. Cause if that is setting that up, like th th there was something that the, wa the watcher said, like, I know you said um, something about it, it, attack is a strong word. And I think so too. And she even says in there, like, we believe that we're healthy. If you're healthy, like we, right, we yeah. don't, we don't want, we're not here to hurt you is basically like what she's saying. And like, but there was something in the watcher that he said something like, she was this like amazing, brave, blah, 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 like person. But then he says, but that's not the end of her story. And it almost meant like, it almost seemed to say like, but then she went too far or something like that. Like, I don't think mm. she did in the story we <laughs> saw here, but like, it made me wonder if like, and I always got a vibe. It, 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 it gave me uh it gave me Killmonger vibes, which there's a lot of people that say, you know, there's nothing wrong with what Killmonger was doing. He was part of an oppressed yeah. group going and like i can't judge that but i'm wondering like i wonder how they're going to navigate that here because she gives me killmonger vibes but in black panther killmonger was the bad guy and there was someone else 
like sort of like being playing the middle road, you know, and deciding that, that letting him win the moral victory while defeating him, you know. And in sure. this, if if this is a similar story, but I, I don't know that it is, uh, but I just got vibes from something something that the watcher said made me think that like she was gonna like use her powers and, he said and be- something to the effect like she took action on her convictions, but she didn't stop there. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was uh, a hero rarely stops after their first victory. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And there's just something ominous about that, right? Am I wrong? Is it does that not seem ominous to you guys a little I, bit? I took it as as him saying like a hero's going to keep being a hero. Like hero's going to hero, you know? Oh, uh, see, I, see, I took it as similar to um the Batman, you're either a hero or you either die a hero or you eventually become the villain. Like, that's the vibe I got from it. Always um, with the DC with yeah. you guys. <laughs> that, wasn't my, that wasn't my read on it, but I, I think you're you're totally right. It's there if you want to read into that. And the comparisons to Killmonger, I agree wholeheartedly. And, like, that's the thing about this episode and this character. Like, it is so wholly unique. Like, it stands on its own. Like, outside of, like the opening where we learn that the Tesseract like had its mm-hmm. impact. And then the, the final scene where we have Dr. Strange show up outside of that, like this could not be connected to the Marvel cinematic universe at all and work. And the fact that like the whole story is told in, in other languages, Spanish and you know, the Mohawk oh, uh, so good. nation language, but all that is true, but it's still like it, it, they could integrate her so well with so many of the Marvel characters, the connections to black Panther are there. And like you mentioned Killmonger, but I also found myself thinking Magneto. And then when I thought Magneto, I was like, wow, she's a lot like Wanda. And one of my favorite moments in the episode was like, I just had the thought was like, she's kind of like the antithesis to Wanda. And that was right before the conquistador called her a witch. And I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the the other thing that I realized like during the final battle, she has the powers of captain Marvel. Exactly, same power source. Like yeah. same power yeah. source same power and source. set, really. Like the speed, the the blue flames that like coming out of her hands. Like she's basically a an er, a, if Captain Marvel happened earlier and to a Native American uh, young lady. Like it's like it's it's neat. It's neat. It's really neat. Well, I think uh, this also like the 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 parallel between Wanda and uh, and and Kahuri. Uh, is also uh, apparent in Wanda was saying to uh, to Stephen Strange, like you break the rules, you become a hero. I break the rules, and I'm a villain for that. Mm. Doesn't seem fair. And so, you know, with Kaori breaking the rules, so to speak, and and you know, bringing the portal down for everybody to come back through, like she introduced a thing into the world that is huge like there's huge implications there there's yeah. a whole like race of people now that are just like way super powered like if there was a whole race of captain marvels running around yeah that would absolutely reshape the world so like i don't know that she necessarily reshaped the world in this episode but the implications further down the line exactly are like huge yeah i mean because you kind of have to think colonialism was like stopped in its tracks right yeah. then and there. So <laughs> right. like, how does that impact Namor and like, you know, mm. everything else oh. we've seen. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I question. had a moment. <laughs> Namor. Yeah. Again, Wakanda, all of it. Like how does, yeah. how does this impact uh, the world in this very like real world way? Not just yeah. it, it, like, like the, <laughs> you were saying this could be a, uh, 
this could be separate from the MCU if it weren't for the very beginning. And I agree. And what's wild is like, it would be such a great story set outside the MCU. And that's the kind of stuff, you know, we talk about it all the time about how you infuse new life into the MCU. And, and I've been saying it for weeks. So one of the things I've been like really talking about a lot about is you have to use, use the canon for what it is, but you always have to be infusing new creativity, new stories into that canon that are, that are valuable. Basically you need to insert as much value as you take away. Like that's like a yeah. thing you have to do when you're building these long, long lasting universes. Cause if you just keep taking value for what it is, like you just keep using up the canon without infusing it with new creativity and interesting, like new interesting characters and stories. You're just like, you're utilizing the fandom without feeding them basically. And, and they, mm. and they yeah. starve and it goes away. It's like fossil um, fuels, man. It's eventually going to go away. <laughs> true, true. This story is something that like could absolutely exist. I could see this story being a feature film by itself. True. Oh, I wanted that. Like when the episode was ending, I was like, well, well you can't stop there. No, yeah. there's so much more. That, like, come on. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I was going to say is that it would feel if, we, if a movie ended right here and, you, and you've, it has no, no connection to anything – You'd be like, I need a sequel. Like, I need yeah. to know how this happened. I need to know what happens next. What I happens need, in this world? I need a sequel with her starring. I need a spinoff series of, like, <laughs> you know, what the other European nations uh, have going on. Yeah. Like, do they see Spain weakened and then try to like usurp Spain and take it over? Are they like trying to to uh, make alliances with these native tribes now? Like. Yeah. How does that change? Ever, I need. I need. Does all the of entire that. world ally against this small tribe because they see the power source? They not only were they already looking for the fountain of youth, which they've found, but they like are are looking for a superhuman abilities, a source of human, yeah. superhuman ability. So it's like so many interesting stories could be told. Um, after I need this, a what if? Of the what if, where <laughs> all of these people who were in Skyworld, uh, you've got, you know, you've got the branches of like, do they take over and become like Sky People Master Race and like rule the world kind of uh, in a uh, Magneto House of M sort of way? Or do they become like benevolent guides for the world, like kind of pushing everyone into peace and, and, taking the world that way. Like there's, there's branches to this. There are so many. Yeah. What if, what if stories well, and, to be and, had there? Yeah. I think this is the setup for a wonderful story. And I think if 1602, like I've been wondering about the 1602 verse and like how that even works. Like, because if you're just setting it, setting it that far back, but the power sets are similar and stuff, I don't really know much about the 1602 verse, but is it the same characters? Are they, is it Tony Stark and, Hawkeye or whatever, like, is it? How, how does <laughs> that work? It's similar. Yeah. Or it's, okay, it's so, similar to that. Like, uh, like Thor is the same because right. he's a Norse god trapped in a in a man's body. But the the person of Donald Blake is like a very pious monk, and right. so to have this pagan god like in him, the the conflict that he has with himself is like, oh my god, these these pagan gods are real, and I have like bonded with one, but my God is singular and like, I pray, but you know, 
I, I have whatever relationship I have there, but then mm-hmm. like there's this one that's like literally inside me. Like that's uh. it's a huge conflict for him. Sure. That sounds really interesting, but I don't think they're going to go that way just because of the different way that Thor exists in this. Sure. In the MCU. Yeah. But what about the other characters of the 1602 verse in comics? Is it? I mean, there's like uh, the the Fantastic Four are still a thing, but it's the four who are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a different spelling on it. Um, there are. Let's see. Captain America is a a native. Man, um, God, what it, like his his name still sounds like Steve Rogers or like Stephen Rogers, but it's it's spelled in a in a very odd way. Sure. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, so it is different people that fall fall into those roles. Yeah. This, okay, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not like they just lift and shift everybody because there's something that sometimes happens in these multiverses is like. People just exist 10 years earlier or 20 years or 100 years, you know. Looking at you, Victor Timely. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So I was just curious, but it makes a lot of sense if this is the same verse as the 1602 verse, if this happened 100 years before that and it sort of like builds toward a crescendo and then you need the, you need this heroes to come together for whatever purpose. Um, I think it all just sounds really exciting and fascinating. I would love that. I don't think though that they're going to go that route, unfortunately, because Dr. Strange showed up or uh, what Supreme strange Supreme. Oh yeah. That's right. Whichever version. Yeah. I I feel like the narrative has been in season two. Like we've just started calling him strange Supreme, but I don't feel like that's what we were calling him in season one. I thought we were calling him like dark strange. And yeah, we were on the podcast, but I think strange Supreme was what it was called in like the toys. Okay. <laughs> or something like that. Because to uh, me, I think uh, when I think Strange Supreme, I think of the one that we saw in Multiverse of Madness. Oh uh, yeah, like Hero Strange or whatever, like that that version of the hero at the he, beginning. Yeah, the one that you know was was a colleague of the John Krasinski. Uh, yeah, Reed Richards. Yeah, the one who uh, got black bolted to death. That one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That one. Eight three eight Strange. I don't remember what we were calling him because there's Defender Strange, which right. is the one that we ponytail. saw at the beginning. Yeah, the, the ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, the the internet also calls uh, this darker Strange, with you know, in his little snow globe universe, uh, Strange Supreme. But I don't remember what eight three eight was being called. Yeah, hmm. I don't either. Um, they're both pretty dark versions of Strange, except this that one's went kind of pure evil. This one seems to have been pulled out of his evil by his experiences with the Watu, um, and just his the destruction of his universe. He seems to have like learned a lesson, <laughs> at least at the end of uh, What If Season One. Watu and mm-hmm. him seem to be on the same side. But that's, I guess, what I'm que- my question. Whether whether the 1602 verse and this verse are the same, I still find it interesting that we've got. Scarlet Witch pulling Captain uh, Carter and the, into the 1602 world. And then we have Doctor Strange, uh, Superior Strange, or Doctor Strange, as we called him last season, uh, pulling um, uh, Kohori. So is that two separate? Are they pulling for the same purpose? 
or are they pulling for two different sides or are they, is he trying to fix something that was changed in the 1400s? Like I I'm, I'm really interested to see where all like there, there's a lot, it's a lot more complex than last season where it was just kind of like plucking people. Uwatu yeah. was plucking people. Now it's like, Uwatu's like, I need a team to fight this one thing. Yeah. And this season it's like, there's multiple different groups pulling people into different multiverses we haven't seen yet. And Uwatu doesn't know what's going on, which is a whole nother question because Uwatu sees everything and he's like, what the hell was that? Uh, of what if it's two teams, it's got like kind of Secret Wars vibes of like, sure. let's put two, let's create two teams and have them fight. Um, but it's like multiversal Secret Wars. Yeah. I did just want to take a moment just to give some like real praise to the animation in this episode. We talked about how imaginative the visuals are, but you know, what if has had a pretty consistent style and one of the features are like, I feel like it's kind of like concept art brought to life, especially when you look at the backgrounds mm. and then the, the characters themselves seem, seem to be like, you know, a little bit more of a, a rigged model that, you know, they can change the expressions of or what have you. But one of the, the big features is, is like they always, um, use rim lighting to like it makes everything seem kind of like overexposed and kind of dreamlike and and give you the sense that you're looking at things through a different lens but i absolutely love the way it was used in this episode i think spending so much time outdoors really lent itself to that style and seeing the beams and shafts of light that were piercing the forest canopy as kahori and wata were like walking around i was just like wow this is just breathtakingly beautiful and then we make the transition to sky world and you get to see like you know the landscape infused with like this magical energy and and the skyline you've got multiple moons and celestial bodies happening up there it was just you know it was a sight to behold, but, um, you know, thinking about Skyworld, I wanted to bring it up when you, you mentioned it earlier, Jeff, but we, we've talked about how Kahori could easily be you know, integrated to, with so many of these characters, but I actually found myself thinking a lot about uh, Shang-Chi and Tao Lo and how, like, that city, and I was like, okay, like, what is this Skyworld? Is it a place that the Tesseract is just transporting them to, or is it, like, a realm that is connected to their spirituality and one mm. of the, like, the, the seven cities of heaven that could be, like, amongst the ranks of, you know, Kunlun oh, and, yeah. and Tallow and, and what have you. Interesting. I took it as they're just on another planet, mostly sure. because it sounded like the only people who are there are the people who fell into the waters, right? Like we know, at least that's yeah. what he, the way he seemed to talk about it. Um, he's like, uh, he talks about his cousin, my cousin fell in and then we all, we thought he was missing for a long time, but he's right there. Um, he's right there. What's up? Hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I took it as they're just getting transported off to another world, but that's, that's interesting. Like you said, the, uh, what's it, the, <laughs> You just said that Shang-Chi, the Talo. realm they go to Talo. is Tallow. And that seems like it's a separate realm, not a separate world, right? Like we, But we really don't know. Like it's, It kind of goes back to what we've talked about a million times with the Asgardian realms. It's like, what's and, and with all the Doctor Strange universes, what's a realm? What's a universe? What's a planet? What What is what's like, a plane? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what does all that yeah. mean in this verse? Well, because like... Uh, in Doctor Strange, you needed a sling ring to create a portal to get out of the mirror dimension, right? Yes. Like, you couldn't just break through. You had to, to use that sling ring portal to get out. And then in Shang-Chi, 
when they were going to Talo, it looked like the same effect, but with water was mm-hmm. being used to transport them. So, like, is Talo just in a different place, or is it in a different dimension, if such a thing can be called that? Uh, I, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, does the Tesseract, or does the, the Space Stone, as it is, does that do the same thing? And uh, does that, you know, does that allow for transportation just between places in space in that one universe? Does it allow for transportation between dimensions? Uh, you know, the the portal that Doctor or that uh, uh, Strange Supreme used was a different color, different texture. Like it just entirely looked different from mm-hmm. the one that was, you know, in the sky. And then the one that she brought down, like it's all, it's, it's a different kind of energy, but it, I, I don't know if it's like, if it's achieving the same goal and has the same rules, uh, you know, defining it. Mm-hmm. So to speak. Indeed. And we may never know until the official, <laughs> we've got the official timeline. What would it be like the official map of the Marvel multiverse? <laughs> yeah. I just, I really need the rules engine. Like if you could tell me how the, the MCU runs, like how gravity functions, if it's the same, <laughs> like are these energy dimensions, are they the same? Like I just, I need rules so that I know how to break them <laughs> so that I can get on the lunchbox. Yeah, man. Gotta get on the lunchbox. <laughs> well, my friends, uh, that's, I guess that's about it. Anybody else got any thoughts? Uh, last thing I've got is we've talked a lot about the potential crossover with 1602 and just thinking about that time frame. I wonder, you know, if the reception to this character is positive enough, will we see a transition to live action? And could we see that as soon as Agatha? Because we know oh, Agatha man. existed circa 1600s. I like that. Yeah. I like that idea. Oh. Um, that would be really rad. <laughs> yeah, this this character interacting with actual witches mm. when they called her a witch. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just give me <laughs> give me a live action movie of this told, you know, with a little bit more breadth or whatever and then like a little more of the story told and then just drop her into Secret Wars and stuff, you know, like she's such yeah. a cool oh my character. God. Um, I would love to see Kohori show up more. Just smash her into Secret Wars, and yeah. I would oh, I would be so happy. I well, would be so happy. Something like that over the next few episodes, some version of that, and it's really, really, really well done. All right, guys. Well, we will be back uh, tomorrow with another episode. Uh, if you want to get the episodes a little faster, I'm, as soon as I edit them, they're going up on patreon.com slash mcucast, and we'll be continuing to drop one a day in the main feed. Uh, Jay Scotty, where can people find you online? Yeah, thanks again for having me. It's been a lot of fun to talk about these episodes. If you want to hear me talk about more animated content, check out Animation Deliberation. And as we mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm on Multiverse News every week. Sweet. Well, uh, we'll be back very soon, my friends. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here, and a huge, huge 
huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.